Good morning, PCA. Everybody on your feet. We're going to worship our amazing God. We got some awesome worshipers down here in the front. We love it when you guys are here with us. Our God deserves all the glory. Amen. The Bible says in Acts 1 that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power to be his witnesses to the, to the ends of the earth. Lord, let it flow. Let it flow. Oh, it's the power, power, power of the Holy Ghost. It's the 
witnesses to the ends of the earth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Our God is so awesome. Amen. How many of you are a child of love? Yeah. Yes. Well, Lord, we just thank you that your love is never ending. There is no limit to your love. Nothing can stop it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I was walking the wayside, lost on a lonely road. I was chasing the highlight, trying to satisfy my soul. All the lies I believed in left me crying like the rain. Then I saw lightning from heaven, and I've never been the same. No, I haven't, Lord. I'm gonna climb a mountain. I'm gonna shout about it. thought it was over yeah you broke me out of the grave i'm gonna climb a mountain i'm gonna shout about it i am a child of love yeah 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 i found the world of freedom i found a friend of jesus i am a child of love
one more time light up the darkness and how about this wake me up wake me up wake me up we need to be cooperating with the Lord our God is a God of wonders he is awesome we have to cooperate with him Lord wake me up help me not to miss anything that you're wanting to do in me for me or through me thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord Seen what you can do, oh God of wonders. Your power has no end. The things you've done before, in greater measure, you will do again. Because there's no prison wall you can't break through mountain you can't move all things are possible there's no broken body you can't raise no soul that you can't save all things are possible Lord. the darkest night you can light it up yes you can light it up
to have our eyes open. Help us to be listening for you. Help us to be cooperating and obeying your word. Help us to know your word and obey your word. Help us to be ready for whatever you want, God. Lord, I just love you so much. And Lord, we just want to be with you. We just want to be with you. Nothing else will do. We just want to be with you. You are beautiful, Lord. You are beautiful, Lord. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. We praise your holy name. We worship you, God. You and you alone are worthy. And Lord, you and you alone are almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing. Lord, you know what every person in this place is going through now. You know how many people 
are high anxiety right now or high fear right now, Lord, I pray that you would just encourage them to cast their cares on you and to change their thoughts, to focus on you. And that is how those troubles vanish. Doesn't mean they're necessarily gone for good, but when you're focusing on the Lord, that's when it vanishes. So Lord, just remind them today to focus on you instead of their problems. Yes, if there's something they need to do, help them to do it and know what to do. But help them to cast their cares on you and get it off their mind. And Lord, I pray that everyone in this place will be expecting great things today. Lord, that our expectations will be as high as possible for a human being. Because I know you have great things in store for us today. Help us not to miss it. Help us to be awake and expecting, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you. You are good. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 He's good, right? Bless our God. Bless our awesome God. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Be glorified in this place today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. APCA family, we have so many things going on. We want to make sure you stay in touch with all of them. To be sure and stay connected, take a look at the following slides. PCA ladies, you don't want to miss Bunko Night. It's coming up on November the 16th from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Child care is available, but you need to make sure and request before November the 15th. PCA family, it is Thanksgiving dinner time. We want to have a great Thanksgiving dinner. It's coming up on November the 17th at 6.30 p.m. Be sure and bring your hams and turkeys and all your salads and all your desserts and all the breads and all the casseroles and all the security boards. We want you to bring all the food because we want to have an amazing feast and we can enjoy some great fellowship together and some amazing food. Can't wait to see you there. As you know, our Christmas play is coming up very quickly and for this play, we're going to be needing some props that have to do with what you would see in a common marketplace in Israel back in the day. So if you have anything modern, probably not going to work. But if you have some things that are like little trinkets or some kind of like fake fish or fake bread or fake fruit or things like that, man, we could sure use those. Our little baskets, things like that. Be sure and get with Sandy, Kelly, and Karen and find out exactly what kind of items they're talking about. We don't want a whole like living room of stuff up here that we can't use. So anyway, if you could help us out with that, we would sure appreciate it. A couple more Christmas related items are, number one, we have our Christmas Day dinner coming up and we need volunteers to help with this. This year it's going to be carry out only, which means we're going to have lots and lots of volunteers up here lined up cooking, getting it ready, preparing it, putting in things and delivering it. We know that all those areas covered uh, because we want to make sure we do a really good job. So be sure and look in the foyer for a sign up sheet for that and volunteer today. Tonight in the sanctuary, we have all church prayer. The Lord did say that my house will be called a house of prayer. Be sure and join us. Come and pray for our nation and our state, our city, and our community. We want to make sure that we lift up all this to the Lord and let Him move mightily on our behalf. To find out more about the slides you just saw, be sure and visit PCAChurch.com. Thank you for coming and welcome home. You found a place to belong, to believe, and to become. Man, isn't that great? You know, God took a lot of people in the Bible that were just average, just normal people, and he called them to do some quite amazing things. 
And we have a few amazing people in our church. I don't know if you know, but Dakota Kroll this week was announced as Wildcat of the Week. Now, I think that's pretty amazing. <clears throat> you know, and, and if, you read the, if you read the paper on the uh, Dean's List, Honor List, every year you see the Benton kids. That's pretty amazing. We just have some great people. Uh, Tori, just before the service, I saw champion belt, belt uh, buckle for team roping. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? And then Layden, this uh, week, he got the award for, I don't know, thousands of people showed up, and his chickens were, he was number one. So isn't that incredible? People doing incredible things. Well, part of that, I hope, is a Sunday school teacher has got a hold of somebody's life at some point. I know they have in mind. We're going to start equip classes on the 21st. I just want to make a plug for that. That's two weeks away. You know, I, I've had teachers that uh, they took, 30 pieces of uh, quarters, threw it on the table and said, you know, would you give up your reputation for that? And here I am, an old man, and I can remember that teacher throwing that down. I can remember a missionary lady uh, that was my Sunday school teacher at time and just the love of God and the love for me every time I walked in that room, it just showed. Uh, and uh, you don't know, think, man, sometimes I'm a little short on that. But uh, there, there are people that do such amazing, amazing jobs. Uh, I remember the story of the red shoes. Uh, this girl just wanted these red shoes so bad for Christmas. She was so poor. They didn't know if they could afford them. And uh, she got those red shoes, but they were too small, and they hurt her feet. And, and this teacher said, you know, that's kind of like sin. Sometimes you really want it, but sometimes it can kind of hurt your feet. So anyway, just challenge you. In a couple of weeks, we're going to start uh, Sunday school. I'm way over my one minute allowed. I have one more thing to add to Dwight's. I found this on Facebook the other day and shared it with my ladies group. I help with kids on Wednesdays. Children's ministry is not my favorite thing to do, but I have to keep doing it. So this one says, if some students are unresponsive, maybe you can't teach them yet, but you can love them. And if you love them today, maybe you can teach them tomorrow. I just have to keep remembering that. Um, I'm here to talk about Operation Christmas Child. I'm sure you've not missed the big boxes and everything. We had our parade on Saturday, and the girls did great for that. We've been busy packing shoeboxes every Friday night. We get about 250 boxes packed. Um, our goal this year as a church is 1,300 boxes. And that may seem like a lot, but I started following Operation Christmas Child, and there was a tiny little church in Texas that did 13,000 shoeboxes last year. Um, so our 1,300 boxes, and each box has a shipping cost of $9. So that's $11,700 that we raise to ship these shoe boxes as well. I'm going to give you some facts first and then tell you how it's impacted my life. Our collection week is November 15th through the 22nd. So we have one more weekend of multiple people packing shoe boxes together. You still have time to pack your own. I encourage parents, especially of children that are getting to an age where they understand what Christmas is, Take a shoebox, talk to your children about why you're packing that, and pray over that shoebox for that child and the child that that child is going to impact. You're not just affecting one child. You're dropping a pebble, and your ripple is going to go out. You're not going to affect one child. I promise you that. Um, some things that you can put in your shoebox are hygiene items. If you think about these children, they don't have anything, so that soap, a brush, hair supplies like little ponytails, um, of course, everyone gets a toy, and water bottles are a big thing because if you have to walk to school, you probably need something to put water in. So we always do a water bottle and supplies for um, 
hygiene and school supplies, pencils, pens, crayons, coloring books, things like that. We do have more information out in the foyer, so if you want to pack an age-specific, if you've got little kids, pack a little kid box, older ones. If you don't feel like packing a shoebox, you say, no, I don't, I don't really know what to get kids. I haven't had kids in forever. We have plenty of shoeboxes for adoption. You can just write us a check for $9. You can give all throughout the year in your offering, so you just notate shoeboxes or Operation Christmas Child in your offering, and Susan will make sure that goes to the prop proper fund. Um, that's the wrong paper for that one. So in my life, I did not know about shoeboxes until I started this church. It was about three years ago. And we came to a point in our life where we were very entitled at Christmas, and we wanted the newest toy and the best toy, and we wanted everything, and we're still not happy with what we got. That includes the parents sometimes, too. And so it really helped us decommercialize Christmas because we were forgetting what Christmas was about. And what Christmas is about is the message of Jesus coming to save us. So that information always comes with every shoebox. They have the chance to accept Jesus as their Savior, and then they will be so excited that the people, the, we had a girl come, and she said, these boxes are from the people that love Jesus. And that's who sends you the boxes. And so they're so excited, and they go tell their other friends that didn't get one, maybe. Um, so whenever I pack a shoebox, I pray over each one. As I'm filling it, I taught Whitley to pray for it the other night. It's, it's a process, but I was like, we say, you know, we hope like, she likes these things. We hope she's never had this before, and it's all she's ever wanted. We hope it affects her life. And it just really humbles me because this little shoebox, that's all they have in this world, a box with soap and a toothbrush, and a little toy. And my kids have so many toys, they can't fit in one room, you know? And all they want is a brush of their own, or a water bottle, or a pair of flip-flops, and that will change their life. So I just, it's a very humbling experience, especially if your children are getting to the age of entitlement, which it happens to all of us, it happens to the best of us. So don't feel bad if your kids are a little crazy like mine was. But you can help them you know, realize this is all they have. You need to be grateful for what you have. I have a verse that I came across in my reading the other day. It's Deuteronomy 15, verse 10. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. And we are blessed so we can be blessings. If you can afford to pack a shoebox or donate for shipping, do that, and you will be rewarded. You may not see it on earth, but when you get to heaven, there will be a line of children, and they're going to say, look what you did for me. You got me here with your $9 or your $15 with things that you put in the box. So just think about that. It really is on my heart. It's one of my favorite things that we do here. You can come out Friday and pack boxes with us. You can pack boxes on your own. If you need any more information, you can reach out to one of the girls' leaders, Rhonda, Regina, Jenny, me. We'll help you out. So thank you. Oh, also... Uh, there's a really cute guy coming out to do an uh, offering, so you can put in <laughs> you can put in your offering where you want your donation to go. You just notate shoebox or Operation Christmas Child. Welcome, PCA. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Sunday morning. Good day to be in the house of the Lord, correct? All right, so I got some 
First thing, if you're new here, I don't know if I see any new faces. If you're new here, there's a VIP card in the back of your chair. Fill it out so we can get to know you a little bit. And turn it in at the desk on your way out. And we got a little gift bag. Got some cool little stuff in it. And we just, we just really want to get to know you. We don't, want, we don't want you to be a stranger. We want you to feel like family here. So, also, announcements. We've got November 17th, we're going to do our Thanksgiving dinner on a Wednesday night. It won't be church service. Bring a potluck. Going to get together, eat, fellowship. And then on, they moved my paper. They moved my paper. Awesome. So we got, the Chris, we got the Christmas dinner coming up. Every year we cook meals. Before COVID, we had people come in and we delivered. Well, we're going to try to deliver this year, but we need a bunch of volunteers. A bunch of volunteers. And it's the same thing. People that can't afford to cook Thanksgiving dinner or Thanksgiving Christmas dinner, we are going to cook meals here and we're going to deliver it to their houses, to their work, wherever it may be. So if you could, there's a sign-up sheet out there, volunteer. If we don't have enough people, we can't do it. That will be the biggest issue. So ways to give. We, you can give, you can mail a check to, I'm taking up the offering. You can mail a check to 2313 East Prospect Avenue here in Ponca City. There's text to give. You can go to, P, it's PCA Church. Text PCA Church to, or it's 1-844-390-2401. And then you can give online at pcachurch.com slash contributions. We got a kiosk out in the lobby. You can give at the kiosk. And you can give in the app too, I believe. So, ushers, you guys can go ahead and come forward. I got a little verse that I want to share with you guys. It's out of Proverbs chapter 3. And it's really helped me in my giving over, over the years. It says, trust, it's Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. No, not, not verse 5, sorry. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. So, I've, given, I've, been, I've been a tither for several years, and there's been times that I shouldn't have made it. I shouldn't have made it financially. I did not know how we were going to make it, but we made it. Surgeries, go, losing pay, I still made it. I paid my tithe, and I made it. The Lord was faithful. So be faithful to the Lord, and he will be faithful to you. If you guys will bow your heads with me real quick. Father, we thank you for this time that we get to come together and worship you freely, Father, not with just our voices and our hearts, Father, but with what you've given us, our first fruits, Father. Father, I pray that these that everybody that gives today, Father, that you bless them, Father. You bless them openly, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, Father. Father, we love you. We do in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. I'm Sean Lockwood, Tori's dad. I grew up uh, in Newkirk, and I moved to Pond Creek, Oklahoma. We run a cow-calf operation that we keep calves back through wheat. Doing that, a lot of Sundays you're pulling calves or getting stuff in that got out or whatever. So I started watching Save the Cowboy online on my phone, and that was the church service that I've kind of watched the last few years. Uh, in December, I think, of last year, I decided I would join the church and, and uh, give to it. And you become a long ex-ranch member when you do that. And you get to be part of their Facebook page and all this. And then about 
six weeks ago, they come on there and because they've always talked about their beef ministry, and that's their deal is the beef ministry. They have freezers at the church. Anybody that needs meat is free to go get it. They will not ask why. They just ask how much. But it's also the responsibility of those people going to get it that they need it and not just be taking. So six weeks ago, they come on during their service, and they said that they wanted to branch this ministry nationwide. And I about fell over. I said, that's me. I do beef. I love to eat. I love to cook. And I am sorry for people that don't have the opportunity. And high-quality beef is so important to the development of young children, getting their brains working correctly. And it's sad that a lot of them don't have that opportunity. So we I uh, got with Pastor Bardwell through Kelly, and we set this deal up. We're going to leave a deal out in the foyer to sign up. The beef that will be brought over will be about a month from now that I'll get it out of the plant. And that'll give you all plenty of time to start thinking of people. Go to their houses, talk with them, find out how much can they hold. Because so many people can't hold very much. You know, do they know how to cook or roast? Do they just want hamburger? We got the sign-up sheet. Just sign up at the... Right before I bring it, I'll find out from Pastor Bardwell, and I'll come. I'll probably be a month from today, I think December 8th. I think I'll have the meat back, and I will bring over ice chest. You guys know how much each one of you are writing down, so bring cold packs, bring little ice chest, whatever. Uh, I'm going to put stickers on the packages. It says the Long X Ranch Cowboys, and then it says SaveTheCowboy.com. If you all can't maybe bring those people to here to church, Maybe they'll go online and watch Kevin and listen to his sermons because he can bring a real comical side to it all. So other than that, I think that's all I got. I will be out by the sign-up sheet after service if anybody has any questions. And we, if anybody wants to donate to that deal, that is a, possible too. It's a tax-free donation. And it can be earmarked to come back to me to help with feed bills, maybe getting the next calf in line and all that so we can keep this thing rolling and not just, uh, we're fortunate right now, my in-laws, the ranch owners, donated the beef. I'm donating, the, me and my wife are donating the feed bill. Save the Cowboys covering the butcher cost on this one. So, but we still, we may need some funds to keep this thing moving forward. So I appreciate it. Thank you. On behalf of the pastoral staff, we want to thank PCA Church, everyone, for making the month of October such a wonderful month for pastor appreciation. You have some great pastors at this church 
who do amazing jobs, and I want to thank all of them. And, and I'm excited about uh, all the things we're doing. Man, isn't this the time of the year, right? Man, we've got a lot of things going on. So if you're not doing anything, we have plenty of things for you to do, and it's going to be a great time. So would you please stand with me today and get your Bibles and get them ready? I'm excited about this message today because it is going to be dealing with the next two months of your life. Take your Bibles, lift it high, and raise it with me and say this. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now, Lord, help me every day to read thy word. And Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, help the preacher. Amen. God bless you. you. May be seated. It's great to have everybody in the house today. You got an extra hour of sleep. I get to preach that extra hour longer today. <laughs> Man, I tell you what. I thought more people would be early. But here's what I figured out. When the springtime's happening and you lose an hour, you just use that as an excuse. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get here till 12 o'clock today. Um, the change got me. But today, I don't know what the excuse is, but I got here an hour later, even though I got an extra hour. So we got to work on some things. I'll tell you what. The title of the message today is this, Fast and Furious. For the next two months, that's your life, right? Fast. And, you may say, Pastor, it's 12 months a year. Absolutely. But I know here in the church, Man, we have a reason to be up here every day, every night until January. Something's going on constantly. I know that happens in your life because now you're about to start planning. You've got, you know, the October month behind you. You've got Thanksgiving coming up. You ladies are already working on the menus. Then right after that, you've got Christmas. We've got Christmas productions. We've got Christmas parade floats. We got had a parade float uh, Saturday in the Veterans Day Parade. And so many things. Save the Cowboy. Isn't this an awesome ministry? We're getting tired. That's awesome. Sean, God bless you. God bless you. And uh, I'm so proud of him today. You did a great job, buddy. He said, Pastor, I've never talked in front of anybody before. And, and he said, but I'm, gonna, I'm only doing it for God. That's the only reason. With all the rest of the stuff you're doing for God, too, God bless you. That's going to be a tremendous ministry, especially during the time of inflation when everything's going up. Uh, man, a free pound of ground meat be an awful blessing to so many families. Fast and furious. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and following, through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. So when you're considering your life and fast and furious, consider Jesus Christ, who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I don't want anyone today to grow weary and lose heart. I want you to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. This life that we're living right now, it's all just preparation for eternity, right? This life is like a vapor. It's like the grass that withers, a rose that blooms and fades. This life is preparation for eternity. And that's going to last a long time. And so in this life, we often call it 
the race of life. Some of you call it the rat race. And we get caught up in it. And life gets fast-paced for every one of us. Uh, those who are just getting out in life singles, oh, they got all things going on fast and furious. Then they get married, it gets even faster, have kids faster. And then you, get, you think, okay, empty house, empty nest, it's going to slow down. No, it gets faster. Then you retire. I've talked to so many people who retire, they go, Pastor, how did I have time to work? I'm busier now than when I was working because life never slows down until we take that last breath. And so we're always running here. We're always running there, doing this, doing that. But all of us have a race that is marked out for us. The Bible says that we have a course that we're running and it's marked out just for us. And our job is we got to do this, stay on course. There's a cloud of witnesses of all the ones who have already finished their race they're surrounding us and they're cheering us on, saying, come on, you can do it. Come on, don't lose heart. Don't grow weary. You're going to make it. It's not much further. Finish strong. And they're cheering us on. And we've got people up there like, uh, like David. He's like, man, you can make it. If I made it, you can make it. You're like Daniel. said, so, man, I made it through the lines, Dan. That was a tough part of my race. But if I can do it, you can do it. We've got others who fought Many battles. We've got Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. We've got Habakkuk, who everything went wrong in his life. We've got all the disciples that are there except one. We've got a lot of other people in the New Testament. We've got Paul saying, come on. I was shipwrecked. I was beaten. They thought I was dead. I think I was dead. God brought me back to life. If I can finish strong, you can too. So today I want you to begin to focus on that. Don't lose heart. Do not grow weary. Because if you let this life take over, you will be overwhelmed in the next few weeks. We've got to make sure that we are understanding what we are to do because we're all runners. Who in here is a runner? Raise your hand. Okay. Runners are awesome people because they love to run. They love it. To prepare for races, they stretch. They remove anything and everything that is not necessary. Back when I was uh, running, we, we had uh, shorts that were loose and loose T-shirts and all those things. Now, the runners have technologically advanced material that they're wearing so that it reduces the drag of wind on them. And if it cuts off one one-thousandth of their time, it's worth it. They have specialized shoes they wear. They don't even wear the same shoes to the racetrack that they race in. You see them changing shoes uh, before they get started because they want to lay aside, throw off everything that does not help them run fast and win. Win. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, we are to throw off everything that can hinder our race. In your life today, you've got a race and the race is for Heaven, the race is for God, so that he says, well done. We get a lot of other things that we add to our life that can hinder how fast we run. Because it can cause us sometimes to be hindered by going off course for a little while. Those things can hinder you. Sometimes we have things in our life that will slow you down. If it doesn't help you in your race for this life to reach eternity, we are, we are told and recommended, throw it off. Throw it off. Anything that can weigh us down or, or, or wear us down. 
So I thought, here's something I bet you've never seen before. Hold on. Wouldn't it be odd for a runner to take off the warm-up suit? And wouldn't it be odd for the runner to get everything ready? And then just before he takes off, goes, wait a minute, let me get my weights. I run better with these weights. Wouldn't that be great? Have you ever seen a runner do that in a racetrack? Wait a minute, uh, let me go over here and get some weights because I'll just run too fast if I don't. Yeah. I've never seen a runner grab weights and then try to race with weights. We are to throw off, lay aside anything that would hinder us that comes a weight in our life. We've got to throw that off. So instead of picking up more weights in your life, you've got a lot of things you can add to your life that will weigh you down and will stop you, slow you down in the race of life that God has called you to. We've got to figure out what they are. You know how I know to figure it out? The Holy Spirit will tell you. The Holy Spirit. So that's the first part. Throw off all hindrances. And then it says, and also get rid of the sin in your life. Because sin will entangle you. This word sin in this particular application, it's something that clings to you. It's almost like a rope that gets stuck to you. and You get all wrapped up in the rope and all of a sudden you try to run and you get caught up in the rope and you trip and you fall you get hurt. Sometimes you get hurt and get up. Sometimes you stay down. And everybody else in life is running past you. So we've got a challenge of two things. Throw off the things that hinder you from truly serving God. And if there's any sin in your life, get it out. Because the sin will entangle you, cause you to stumble and fall, and sometimes take you completely out of the race. And again, how do you know what sin is in your life? Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Because sometimes not even your spouse or your closest friend even know what your sin is. You've got it hidden. It's so close to you that people, even if they look real close at your life, they still can't see it. But God can see it. And these entanglements will cause you to grow weary and lose heart. And man, we are entering Thanksgiving, Christmas, holidays, running against the clock. We all decide our schedules. We put things in our schedule. Our choice, sometimes, sometimes it's not our choice. Sometimes it's because of our job. Maybe it's responsibilities that we have. But for the most part... We get to put whatever we want in our lives. And sometimes we put so many things that are hindrances that when it comes time to do something for God, we're worn out. We're exhausted. And the old adage comes back, I just don't have time. Be careful. Throw off those weights. Throw off those hindrances that slow you down and don't allow you to do what you need to do for God first. Sometimes we, we put hurdles in our own racetracks. This is not a hurdles, but we put them in there. And we go, man, I'll put this hurdle. It's going to slow you down. It's going to cause you to lose pace. It's going to cause you sometimes to not clear the hurdle because you set it so high. Again, you fall and you hurt yourself. And guess what? Runners usually don't help each other out. Matter of fact, um, runners take really good care of their bodies. I want to challenge everybody here today, everybody watching my live stream. 
take care of this body God has given to you. You only get one. You get one body. The Bible tells us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God indwells us. He lives in us. And we are to do the best we can to take care of our bodies, eat right, exercise, do all the things we know to do. But then beyond that, then it's up to God as to what happens. Amen? But we've got to do what we do. Why? Because runners, everything they put in their mouth, they think about it. What am I supposed to be eating? What am I supposed to be drinking? How much diet? How many calories? Everything. Why? Because one-fourth of a pound can slow them down. Think about that. Any little variance factors in. And then they've got to also take care of their minds. Did you know a lot of racing is all mental? Before you even start the race, you can lose it like that. Because you're looking around and you're going, oh, there's no sense in running. I'm going to lose. Or you can be at the starting gate and go, hey, there's no way I can lose today. If you're a runner, you know what feeling it means. There are some days you are feeling it. And man, you take off and it is easy, breezy, lemon squeezy, man. Running, running. Then all of a sudden you hit that wall and just, then it starts over. And it's an endorphin high and it's awesome. You know what I've never heard at the starting line of a, of a race with a bunch of runners? I've never heard one of them look over and go, oh, I hate running. I hate it. I don't want to run. Why am I doing this? I hate this. No, they love running. And the Bible tells us that we are to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so I believe if we're in this race of life and we're a Christian, we ought to enjoy life. Enjoy the race. Enjoy the, the starting blocks. Enjoy the running. Enjoy the competition. Enjoy winning. Enjoy everything about it. Go, I love life. I love God. I love you. I love you. I love my friends. I love my job. I love my kids. I love my wife. I love my husband. I love everything. Why? Because, man, this is awesome. What an endorphin feeling spiritual high I get when I'm in the presence of God and get to run. Steward your mind, but you got to steward your time. Listen. Sunday morning at 1030 is not the time to mow the yard. Come on. Come on. Can I get all up in there just a minute? Sunday morning at 1030 is not time to wash the car. It's not the tea time at the golf course. Sunday morning at 1030, this is God's time. We are to be in the house of God. How many runners show up late to the race? Ooh. They don't know, well, we got to stop, kind of hold on the race. Runner number five is not here yet. And all of a sudden he comes in, he's got a park on. I'll hold up just a minute. I got to get everything ready. And well, we're holding up the race just for you. I know, I know. I got to change my shoes. I got to do a, uh, He's mentally not ready. He's physically not ready. Hasn't stretched out. It takes off, pulls a hammy. Ah! I think about that in the spiritual applications to church. We got to get here early, get some coffee, fellowship, stretch. Get ready for church. Wouldn't it be horrible if you come in and during praise and worship, you pulled a hammy. Thank you, Lord. How, oh, oh well, I shouldn't have done that. Oh. Try to do a little David dance. Ah, ooh, ooh. We got to stretch our spiritual muscles. Get ready for worship. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. Pastor at 1030, I'm ready to go. I'm shooting out of the blocks, man. I'm giving God all the glory, honor, power, praise. 
Yeah. Sometimes we allow our blessings to become hindrances. That car you got to wash, it was a blessing at one time. Don't wash it during God's time. Sometimes our children are blessing. They're a quiver filling up our quiver and they're a blessing. But sometimes those kids can be a hindrance to your race with God. Well, the kid coughed on Tuesday, so I don't think we're going to be at church on Sunday now. I'm not exaggerating. I've had those calls. I've seen more dads hold their kids when they're crying to get them out of church. The mama's looking at them like, when did this happen? You didn't hold them all week. Dad's like, I got the kid. I got to get him out of here. <laughs> Come on. You know the truth. Thank God for kids, but not on God's time. When I was growing up, we never had sport practices during church on Sundays and Wednesdays. And now moms and dads, guess what they do with your kids? Have practices during church on Wednesdays and Sundays, games that start at 11, 1130, 12 o'clock. I understand the predicament. But just tell the coach, if you have a game scheduled during church time, we're going to be late to the game. We've done it with our kids. We do it with our grandkids. And here's another thing. Uh, how many of you have those friends that the only time they show up is just when you're ready to go to church? Yeah. Well, pastor was coming to church, somebody had some friends show up. Let me tell you the antidote. Bring them! Yeah. You know what they'll stop doing? Showing up at church time. Well, I can't go over there because they're going to church and last time I went, I almost got convicted. And I don't want to do that again. Just bring them. Dose them, dunk them good. You need to witness to your friends and a great witness is to bring them to the house of God. And they'll, they'll really know. Look at all the friends you have. I had no idea you had so many friends. Well, they're my family. The race is filled with a lot of conflict. A lot of conflict. Racers... You ever see them elbowing each other, clearing out a lane, cutting somebody off, tripping you up? Church, the enemy knows all the tricks to this race called life. And he will hurt you. He will knock you out of your lane. He will trip you up. He will knock you down and then stand over you to see if you're going to get up. He will put obstacles in your way, hurdles in your life, all kinds of things to get you off your course. That's why we got to stay on course. Hebrews 12, 2 says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus. You run where you look. And runners fix their eyes on the end of the race. I'm running. I don't see anybody else. I don't know what they're doing. I'm running. I'm running through the tape. I'm stretching it out. I'm going to win this thing. Runners are always disciplined in their course. Luke 9, 62 says this. Jesus replied, no one puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. Listen, we got to fix our eyes forward. When God created us, he did a beautiful thing. He put both eyes in the front of our head. We don't have a big enough brain to handle eyes over here. I love the chameleon. Don't you love the chameleon? A little bitty dude. That little dude's got an awesome brain because he's got an eye on either side of his head and they're doing this. They're looking all different directions all at the same time and that little brain is computing all that. We don't even know sometimes what we see right in front of us. God goes, you're not good enough to do this. Keep your eyes fixed on me. 
Stay looking at me. Don't get looking to the right. Don't get looking to the left. You're going to run off course. You're going to do something you shouldn't do. Keep your eyes fixed on me. Lay aside the hindrances. Get your schedules worked out so that you can honor me in your life. Get the weights taken off. If there's any sin that's entangling you while you're running this, man, get that sin off your life. And you're going to enjoy the race of life. You're going to have fun. You're going to win because that's what God wants you to do to win this thing. You need to look to the truth, the way, the life. That's what you're looking at. Which way should I go? Look to Jesus. What's the truth? Look to Jesus. Where's this abundant life people are talking about? Look to Jesus. Runners love to run. And when they are running, their faces get just contorted, right? I mean, they're straining. Blood vessels are popping out their necks, their forehead. They are straining as much as, and it is excruciating. They train for four years to run seconds. Wow. We're running seconds to live eternity. But those seconds are the most excruciating. They, their bodies are brought under discipline. Their minds are disciplined. They're running. They're straining. Every, but as soon as they run across that line, Oh, the joy that comes on their face. I did it. I finished. I won. Can you imagine the joy that's going to be on our face when we see Jesus? I cannot even begin to imagine that. I cannot imagine all the people that are going to be touched by the Operation Christmas Child boxes. They're going to come up to you and come up to me and everybody say, this little box I got was from you. Thank you. Changed my life. I found out about Jesus, and that's why I'm here. Uh, man, that, that pound of ground beef, it may not have seemed like much to you, but that changed my life. I've never had anybody give anything to me. I've never had anybody love me enough to give me something that I needed. And that changed my life. Whatever it may be, we run this race, we stay on course because God's got it charted out. A father once told his son, don't go swimming in the ocean, son. You're not strong enough. And each time he would come home, the father would lick the son's skin to see if it was salty. Yeah, Because if it was salty, he'd been swimming in the ocean. But guess what happens to runners? They sweat. People should look at your life and taste your life and taste salt. The Bible says we are the salt of the earth. And salt makes you thirsty for more. They, they only, let me tell, me tell me more about my Jesus. Yeah, your Jesus. Tell me something about him. Maybe I look at the way you come to work every day and you're so happy. You're the only one around here that's happy to come to work. I love my job. Thank God for my job. It provides for me and my family. Thank God. How can you be so happy all the time? Taste and see that the Lord, he is good. And people should... Salt is not only makes you thirsty, but it preserves. This salt is preserving us for an eternal life. Help somebody else to get preserved in that for eternal life. We've got to be able to run this race. They get there early, they stretch, they prep, they're, they're ready on time. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says this, I fought a good fight, I've kept, finished the race, I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all have longed for his appearing. Paul says, I can see the finish line. I don't see my finish line, and I really don't want to see it in advance. 
I just want to know that one time I'm going to have a breath and the next moment I'm in the presence of God and the joy, the joy. Hebrews 12, 3 says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This race, a lot of it sometimes is mental. A lot of it's physical. You can get physically worn out and, and, and just want to quit. But the Word of God stretches us, right? Jesus had to push through his race. He had some hard times. Matter of fact, in the Garden of Eden, Jesus had to push through. And he said, not my will. Not my will, but thy will be done. I want to do your will. And sometimes the race, the will of God race is tough. I mean, it's hard. And you're straining and you're giving everything. And you're like, how much longer do I have to go? I, God, give me the strength. You said, in my weakness, you become strong. God, give me the vision I need because where there is no vision, people perish. Give me the strength I need. Let me mount up and run this race. Finish strong. Jesus had to suffer through the cross. Beatings, mocking, pulling the beard, cramming that crown of thorns into his brain. It was so harsh. Nails in his hands, his feet, spear in his side. That wasn't his will. It was God's will coming to life in his life. He's like, not my will. But thy be done. And that's what we have to pray every day, right? The Lord's Prayer, we should pray it every day. Father, not my will, but thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. We've got to get through the tough times, church. When you become a Christian, that doesn't mean everything's running smooth. That means the enemy's coming after you. You've got to finish strong. But Jesus on the cross, he kept the faith. He looked up and cried out, It is finished. Wow. And he commanded his spirit to leave his body. I can't wait to run across that finish line. I can't wait to see what kind of joys God has prepared for us, what kind of mansions and crowns we're going to receive. It is beyond our feeble mind. We get one shot at this thing called life. One shot. Hebrews 12, 4 through 11. Read it with me. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son. Now, now listen, you really got to get into this. This next passage is important because it's all continuous thought. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Your father, God the Father, if you are his child, he will discipline you. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it later. <laughs> I need to add that in there. I don't think they should have been later. How more, much more should we submit to the Father of the spirits and live? They discipline us for a little while as though they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. 
No discipline seems pleasant at the time. How many of you have been disciplined by your earthly father and thought, this is awesome? <laughs> if you thought that, it wasn't done right. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of what? Righteousness and peace. Don't you want your children to have righteousness and peace? For those who have been trained by it. Discipline. We don't like that word today. Runners are disciplined. Every day they get up, they eat right. They have their mind trained. Their bodies are ready to go. And you and I should be disciplined. We are disciples. It's in our nature to be disciplined. I saw an interview the other day with Shaquille O'Neal. How many know Shaquille O'Neal? A monster of a basketball player. This guy's huge. Played for LSU, then the Lakers, and won all kinds of championships. And so now he has children that are getting pretty old. He, he had a, he's talking about a family meeting they had at their house. And, and he was telling his children, trying to motivate them to, to get a good education and get out there and do something with their life. And he said, the kids looked at me puzzled and go, but dad, we're rich. He said, no, we are not rich. I'm rich. You are not. I thought, that's awesome. We don't need to give our children everything. We need to discipline them so they know how to get out of here and run a race and win. And you do that with discipline. And I know I'm getting into some parenting and every parent in here has a different idea of how to parent and you parent however you want to. I'm just telling you, God says, listen, we've got to discipline our children. God is going to discipline you because he loves you. He loves you and discipline later on will be good for you. God looks at the end result. We look at the pain in the process. Every time my father disciplined me, I did not enjoy the discipline. I thought, why? What's this going to do for me? But later on, I figured out I'm not lazy. I got disciplined out of me. I'm, I respect my elders. I strive for excellence because my dad told me, everything to be done with excellence to the Lord. Everything you do, do it with excellence to God. I'm disciplined in my life. I learned how to submit to authority. I learned that I do not get to do what I want to do in life. Sometimes I have to do what I have to do. I don't just get to do what I want to do. I learned that if you want something, work hard for it. We are in a society now that everybody wants to just give me, give me, give me, give me. No, you get out there and you earn it by the sweat of your brow and you work hard and you show God you're going to take care of it and God will give you more. And then when you do that, you enjoy the, the life that God gives you. I believe that with all my heart. Psalm 30 verse 5 says this, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Wow. Sometimes it gets dark in this life, doesn't it? Not physically dark, spiritually dark. Every one of us have been in the place where we feel like, there's no one. There's no one but me. We've all been in those dark places. I'm running this thing by myself. Nobody's helping me. Nobody cares. I fell down and everybody just went off and left me. Everybody at the church just 
I went through some hard times and not one person called me. Went through some hard times. I didn't get one card. Nobody sent me a text of the scripture of the day. It sometimes gets hard. And then the enemy brings all kinds of things into our life. And if you're not disciplined, you won't make it. I give. I surrender. I quit. I've seen a lot of people quit through the years that God had such powerful plans for their future. But they didn't see it. They didn't enjoy the race. I don't know that I could say every day is enjoyable because every day has enough trouble of its own, the Bible says. But if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, it turns us from weeping. The light of God begins to shine and break that darkness and then we begin to rejoice. You get some time at the feet of Jesus. You make some time for Jesus. You make some time for his presence and it changes the whole perspective of the race. God will never leave me by myself. He's my father. Every father wants to give his kids good gifts. God's given you a lot of good gifts. Don't turn those good gifts into hindrances. Maybe you've got a great job and you don't ever have to worry about paying the electric bill. Wonderful. Wonderful. But don't let your money become a hindrance to serving God. Let it be something you can give back and serve God with. And guess what God will do? He'll give you more money. I can't figure this stuff out, but God does it. And God will say, listen, I'll, you, you measure it to me, I'll measure it back to you. Your time, God will do the same thing. We've got some people that are in this church that are up here literally every day of the week doing something. The other Thursday night, I came up here and I thought, I'm going to come up here and do something. Oh, I know I was going to do something for the church physically around here because of excellence. <laughs> I was doing it when I thought nobody will be there and nobody will see me do it. I come up here, there's people in the cafe, there's people in the foyer, there's people in the classrooms, there's people in the, the uh, fellowship hall, there's people in the auditorium. I'm like, what are all these people doing here on a Thursday night? Ministry. Ministry. When you get in the race, man, you got to make sure you set your priorities so you have time to do what God's called. Lay aside the hindrances. Get rid of the weights. Get rid of the sin. Because when we finish our race, guess what's going to happen, church? I got a little glimpse of what happens in the Word of God. The Bible says when we finish this race, we enter into the joys of the Lord forevermore. And we get to sing a song that the angels cannot sing. They got a shutty uppy. And we get to walk in singing the song of the redeemed. I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. Christ is mine. You can sing whatever song you want to do. This morning somebody reminded me of an old song. They said, I'm ready to go to heaven. I said, me too. I want to go to heaven on a big white cloud. Riding in a chariot, heaven bound. Got my ticket in my hand. One way passage to the promised land. Everything's back. I'm not coming back when I get to heaven. Then we got to keep heaven in sight. Because it's the joy of the Lord forevermore. No more sickness. He said, somebody shout just for that. No more sickness. Hallelujah. No more sickness. No more pain. No more... I mean, come on. You'll, some of you are going to be up there just jumping all over the place and like, 
why wouldn't you do that at church? Well, that was my old body. I got a brand new body, Pastor. Look at this. Hallelujah. Yeah, I can see you without glasses. I don't have cataracts. I got my original knee and my original hip back. Hallelujah. Man, it's awesome. I can raise my hands and not hurt. Praise God. Some people be up there and they go, man, I've got both legs again. Arms, eyes, ears. I can hear. Man, it's going to be an awesome moment when we realize, look at this body God has given to me. Look at what a place God has prepared for me. And man, we get to enjoy it forever. So whatever's going on down here, come on. Get it in perspective. It is weeping for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We win this thing. No more death. I'm, I'm getting to where I'm, I'm preaching a lot of memorial services for people younger than me. I'm like, Lord, I don't like that. But everybody has an appointment. I do and you do. I want every one of you, I want every person that's ever attended my church, every person that's ever heard me preach, I want you to hear these two words, well done. Well done. You ran your course, you kept the faith, you finished strong. And now there's a crown of righteousness laid up for you, and you, and you, and you, and you, for everybody gets one. Wow. Paul says, I can't wait to get there. But until I get there, I'm going to run with everything I got. I don't understand Christians who say, I got to slow down. No, no, no. When you get closer to the finish line, you speed up. You go faster. You strain harder. You put more effort into it. Why? Because you're almost there. Hallelujah. I cannot wait to break through that finish line. I made it. I finished strong. I want you to finish strong today, church. So can I just ask you a couple of questions? Do you have some hindrances in your life? Maybe you've got your schedule kind of out of whack. You got some things that are weighing you down. You put some things in priority over God. Hey, today's the day. Lay those hindrances aside. Throw them off. Throw them off. Decide today I'm going to get my life prioritized right. You got some things today in your life that's called sin. I know we don't hear that word much in this society anymore, but sin separates us from God. And this sin sometimes can cling so close to us that nobody else sees it. Nobody else knows about it, just you and God. But it, it, can, it entangles you in this life. Causes you to slow down. You can't raise your arms. Why? I'm entangled. There's something, I, I walk into church and there's something not right with God. And man, that just entangles me. I, I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's good. Because God is convicting you so that you can run without the entanglements. What are your eyes fixed on today? Are your eyes fixed on Christ or all the other things in life? I want a girlfriend. I want a boyfriend. I want a house. I want a car. I want kids. I want, and then you got to take care of it. And then it get, becomes a hindrance to you. And then God says, wait a minute. I'm going to take that away from you because, you know what? You let it get in front of me. I can't do that. God wants us to enjoy the race. 
I hope there's one thing that if anybody ever gets from my preaching or my life or anything they ever look at me, is pastor always wanted us to live life abundantly with joy, with excitement. Wake up every morning and do everything you do with excellence. Wake up every morning and go, how can I be better today than I was yesterday? What can I do in my life to get closer to God today? Because every day is a gift. It's a chance to get in those starting blocks and take off strong. Stretch, get ready, lay aside the things, get rid of the entanglements. Do you enjoy the race? Because not everybody enjoys life. A lot of people want to get their mind off of reality. This gets my mind off reality. I need it. No, you don't. You need God. Because if you have your eyes fixed on Jesus, the reality is pretty awesome. The reality is pretty awesome. God loves you so much. He's a good father, and he wants you to run this race and finish. God wants to say, well done. When I'm praying about a message, I get to the end of it, and I say, God, every, every week, every week, every message, every, ever since I preached the first one, I said, God, I want people to enjoy the preaching because if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to eat very much of it and it's a table spread out before you. You're not going to eat much. You're just going to leave hungry and mad and everything. I want you to enjoy the meal. But I want God at the end of every time I get through preaching, God to say, well done, son. Well done. Well done. I remember preaching when I was a little kid. There was three steps up to the platform. I remember this so, so vividly. He was a, a great preacher, but he said he would always sit on the front row and he went from the chair to here to preach. And there were three steps. And he said, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Ghost, help me preach. I do the same thing from right here to here. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, help me today. Because what the people need to hear is not necessarily what I'm going to say. But they need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to them. They need to hear what God is saying. Because for some of you, God will show you some weights and hindrances. For others, God may show you some kind of sin, something in your life entangling you. For others, God may speak to you something that I didn't even talk about today. But while you're sitting here quiet, because that's very hard for us to do in our society of fast and furious. It allows the Holy Spirit to speak anything He wants to to us. But we have to be ready to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. And for some of you, it may be your scheduling. For some of you, it may be, you know what, Pastor, I was ready to quit. I was ready to check out. You'd be surprised how many times the enemy tempts men and women of God for suicide. You'd be surprised. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy your life. That's why we're here every Sunday. That's why we're here on Wednesdays, to get our eyes fixed on Jesus. Because we all can get our eyes off of him if we don't watch out. Would you stand with me today? Musicians, please come back and singers. I love this time of the year. 
the change in the temperature. The leaves are beautiful right now. Aren't they just gorgeous? The sun hitting the tree. We got a tree in our neighborhood. The sun hits it. It just, it's on fire. I love the fact that in a couple of Wednesday nights, I want everybody to be there for your Thanksgiving potluck dinner. It's going to be awesome. We haven't had it in a couple of years. It's going to be so much fun. Christmas celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes fixed on the birth of Jesus Christ and don't get caught up in the hindrances of... Because whatever you buy, those kids and grandkids, they don't need it, most of them. And they throw it away and don't even play with it and they get the box. And why do we have so much time spent and money spent on things nobody really cares about sometimes? I want you to have the greatest season from now through the end of the year. And I want you to run fast and furious. But don't get off course. Keep your life where God wants you to be. If there's any Holy Spirit that convicts, thank God for that. And let God pull that off of you. We normally don't do this, but today we're going to have altar time around the altar where you can come and kneel and you can pray. A lot of times I have everybody come and we pray for each other, but God, the Holy Spirit just convicted me this week. He said, Pastor, this Sunday with this message, I want you to invite everybody to come and to kneel somewhere, front rows around here, come up on the platform. We've got a lot of people here today. That's wonderful. But I want you to take, and you and Jesus, take just a few minutes and let him talk to you. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Because I know he only wants what's good for your life. And if it's discipline, there's pain in the process, but it produces harvest of righteousness and peace. So they're going to start singing this song. And I want to open up the altars. And I think it just ought to be like 100%. We've got time. I think it ought to be just, you know what, I'm going to go spend some time and let God speak to my heart. In those quiet moments sometimes, the Holy Spirit can minister in such a beautiful way. Would you join us down here? This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every This is my surrender. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I will make room for you. To our hearts today. Holy Spirit, tell each person what you need to tell them. Let them hear what you have to say right now. Holy Spirit, get us ready for the next couple of months right now. Here is where I lay it 
Take those hindrances and cast them off. Get those hindrances out of your life. Throw them off. Hallelujah. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. God, take the entanglements off us of sin today. Take the entanglements off right now. And I will make for you. Whatever. Do whatever you want to. Oh. I will make room for you, just you, Lord. To do whatever you want to. Lord, you're my father. To you. do whatever you want I'm to. I'm your child. Hallelujah. Father, today you're our good father touch your children because if we're legitimate children of God you will discipline us good discipline your children hallelujah Lord today right now this altar time in the seats in this building Holy Spirit we release you touch every heart and every mind Lord if there's mental anguish with this race God bring peace that surpasseth understanding God, if physically people are just growing weary and tired, God, I pray right now, renew their strength. Hallelujah. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Hallelujah. God, today, just give us a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. A fresh anointing. Lord, let your sweet, sweet presence just flood our hearts and minds right now. Lord, just renew us right now. Lord, if there's people that's not enjoying this race of life, God, let them get back to enjoying life again. To enjoy the sun, the sound, the birds that are chirping. Enjoy the children they have. Enjoy the spouse they have. Enjoy the job and enjoy the food they eat. God, help us today to enjoy this life in abundance. Because God, you've given it to us. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Spirit, speak to us. Tell us what you this need us to, to hear today. God, if I didn't say the right thing, the thing that was necessary, Holy Spirit, right now, you speak it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is my surrender. Oh, hallelujah. I surrender, Lord. I surrender. And I will make God in this house. There's a sweet, sweet presence of God in this place. Just let him anoint you. Just let him touch your heart. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, speak to your people. Holy Spirit, let them know. Let them know you've got all things in your hands. If there's any anxiety or anxiousness about inflation and prices and all these things right now, just set our minds at ease. Lord, just set our minds at ease. Lord, you've got our futures in the palm of your hand. You can handle inflation. You can handle anxiety. You can handle fear. You can handle these things if we lay them at your feet. Oh, God, we lay our children at your feet. Our marriages at your feet. Our finances, our health. Lord, touch and heal bodies in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 impressed by the Holy Spirit if you today need a physical touch in your body you need healing or you know of somebody that needs healing I want you to come to the front we're gonna have a prayer for healing we're gonna know it with all pray the prayer of faith we're gonna believe for healing if that's you or you know somebody that needs a healing in their body I feel very prompted by the Holy Spirit to do this and I want to always follow the Holy Spirit if that's you I want you to come right here at the front we're gonna have anointing and pray just this week, I don't, I can't name names any longer because of live stream and stuff, but just this week, I got a phone call, Pastor Pray, and it was a very horrific outcome the doctors were looking at. And within just a few hours, I got a call back, and the phone call was, it wasn't what they suspected. As a matter of fact, nothing what they talked about. I believe God shows up. I believe God shows up. And he has no respecter of person. What he does for one, he'll do for another. Just this week, we had a little boy. The doctor said his ankle was broken. Just this week. Go back. Let's get a second opinion. It's not broken. Praise God. I believe there's time for God to do some healing in the middle of all that. I believe that. We've got some people in serious. This family needs. They've been through so much. God is already doing so much. Strong, right? Strong, right? Yeah. So those of you, would you please come and help me? Would you get behind some of these people just need God to show up and heal? And it's so serious. I look around at some of these, I know what some of them are going through, and this is serious. We need, I need God. So church, would you come and help me? I need everybody that's still here to please come and help me. We're going to get this oil. Uh, Brother Dwight, would you get some oil on this side? We're just going to kind of. God knows your troubles. He knows what you have need of. And he says, I will meet your needs. That's why we bring them to him. I can do nothing about it. 
But God can do everything. Hallelujah. And I want you to pray the prayer of faith. Hey, you're in church today. I didn't know you were here. Oh, my goodness. You need a completed healing, don't you? That's right. Started. We need to finish this thing. That's what the Word of God says. God is faithful and just to complete what He starts. He's not a quitter. He completes this thing. We're going to believe for a completion today. I don't want you to be timid. I don't want you to be quiet. I want you to call upon the name of the Lord. Would you do that with me right now? Can we just lift our heads and start praying? And you have whatever you need. Give it to God right now. And I'm going to come around and anoint you with oil. And we're going to believe following the words of God. He said, anoint with oil and pray the